0: Good morning. Good. Well, hey, don't make fun of my allergy voice. I'm like Barry White today. Hello, everybody. Um, But you don't have to listen to this today because our wonderful youth minister Kevin Escamilla is going to be bringing the message today. And we are just so blessed to have a great staff, a great group of volunteers at First Baptist Church. And Kevin's been with us a little over a year now, and youth ministry is going really good. And of course, we have disciple now coming up in a few weeks and. And I have just excited, been excited to have him as part of the team and said, you know, we need to give you some opportunity as well so that the, the church can hear you because he's, up, he's upstairs on Wednesday nights and y'all don't ever get to hear uh, the things that he does with students. And so I want to catch us up today though because I told Kevin I would do this for him this morning. So we've been in our series on prayer and we have been looking starting in Acts 4.31 at an incident that happened after the disciples prayed and God answered in a place where he just shook the place. So what we've done is we've gone back to the first of Acts, and we're starting to work our way back through that to say, how did that happen? How do I begin to have such a prayer life that God answers my prayers in that type of a way? And we've been looking at that Jesus right as before he ascended into heaven told the disciples that they were going to be his witnesses, that he was going to send the Holy Spirit to them, and this had just happened. Uh, we looked at that last week, and so now we come to this point in the series where we understand that that prayer should lead us to action prayer should actually lead us to actually do something and this is what we see in the story today peter stands up with all the chaos that's going on at pentecost and all the things that have been happening and people wondering how are these people speaking in languages and we're understanding them and what's going on And so we see peter stand up he stands up in front of everybody and he starts giving this message now peter if you'll remember was kind of a ready ready fire aim kind of guy when he was a disciple and we still see a little bit of this in his sermon because I, I love it. Basically, his sermon, in a nutshell, is you killed Jesus, you need to say you're sorry and repent. That's basically what he stood up and said in front of thousands of people that day. As a matter of fact, when you see the very end of it, Acts chapter 2, verse 36, he said, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, by the way, let's point that out, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. So Peter had stood up with them on that day to say, hey, this is, this is what's going on. How did Peter, this is the same guy, right, that denied Jesus, but now we see him at this point in time, after spending some time in prayer with the disciples, after spending some time in preparation after the Holy Spirit comes, he now stands up and he's he's leading again, but it's a little bit different way. And Kevin's gonna lead us on that journey this morning. I wanna pray with him this morning. And I wanna ask you, uh, to pray with him, as, to pray for him as well. God, we're thankful for Kevin, and I thank you for bringing him to our staff. I thank you for what you're going to share through him this morning. I pray that you would give him words that are going to challenge each and every one of our hearts, that are going to encourage us, and they are going to help us see your word come to life and, and inspire us to go out and live it better today. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.
1: Funny story to tell y'all before I get started. Um, if you see what I have on, uh, a few months ago, I needed something nice to wear, and uh, it was the Seniors Over 60 Banquet, and I wanted to, I wanted to impress you, I wanted to wear something nice. Well, I, I only have a few shirts, so I was looking for some stuff to wear, and my my wife Alyssa sent up here, and we were both looking, and I was, I don't have anything to wear that looks good, and uh, so if you ever see me with this on, this is my best that I have, so know that... Know that uh, that when I'm wearing this for a special event, so, and I'm kind of cheap, so I don't want to buy anything else, but I know he mentioned it, and I know that y'all heard it a lot, but I think that it's good to hear it again. I want to read Acts 4.31 before we get started, just so we can, I mean, we pray it every day, don't we? we pray, we've we been praying it. We have our alarm set, and if y'all haven't done that, uh, um, at 4.31 p.m., or like Lindell's joke goes. If you wake up at 4.31 a.m., you know, that's that's on you. But uh, um, I want to read it for us, and then we can get started. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God boldly. That That is something that I, I have been seeing the church do. And I see the church changing in so many ways. I've only been here a year, but so many great things are changing and and for the best. And not that uh, change is bad all the time, but uh, I see it in different aspects of the church and how everything's growing and uh, people are coming and just all aspects were growing and changing. But I want to set us up a little bit for what prayer is. Prayer isn't just something that we do. It's not just like, I'm a Christian, oh, and I have to do this now. It's, it's a gift every day that we get to pray with God. It's, it's like uh, pretty much if we had Donald Trump on the phone. You know, like, we don't have Donald Trump's number. I mean, we might not want to talk to him, um, but or somebody else that's, like, really famous. We don't have their numbers, but we have the creator of everything in the whole world. We have the creator of us. We get to talk to him every day. So it's a gift. And prayer is also a demonstration of our faith. It's a demonstration of our faith when we when we say, hey, I can't do it, but I know that you can. That's why I'm praying to you right now so that I can get my heart and my mind in line with your will. So that I can do your work and live for you instead of how I want to live. Uh, when I started college, I really thought it was going to be easy, like I really did. Uh, I didn't... I didn't really know how to study. When I was in high school, I didn't really study. I just, you know, went to school and made pretty good grades, actually. And I remember I went to my first classes, and, you know, I didn't really take notes. I didn't do all that. I didn't know how to. I never was taught that. Maybe it's because I went to Dillion, And I know we have somebody that went to Dillion back here. Okay, it was just me? Okay. All right. So it might have just been me. But I didn't know how to study. And when I went to college, uh, I took my first test. I was like, oh, it's an intro class. It's going to be easy. Anyways, I got it back, and I was like, that's not what I wanted to get, and it wasn't the best grade that I could have made, and, but I didn't I didn't know how to do it, and I was like, I see all these people making good grades, and there was people that made bad grades, and I, at first I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, oh, I made a bad grade. Ha ha, look. But um, as I was going through college, uh, I didn't make the grades that I wanted to. You know, I, I didn't really, I didn't fail anything, or maybe just one class, but i had to pray i had to pray a lot i was like god please show me how to study show me how um you want me to do this and i remember at one point like i was just not making the grades i wanted to and i was like god i know what you've called me to do and i want to do that to the best of my ability but i don't know how anyways i kept praying about it and that prayer kept leading me a certain way kept leading me a certain way and finally uh, it was my last year in the first semester. God started really putting, I didn't notice it at first. I want to I let you know that. I didn't notice this, that God was doing this in my life. He was putting people in my life that really knew how to study and study well and make good grades. And I was seeing how they would take notes, and I was seeing how they would do all this stuff. And I started going to the professors at the end of class and be like, you know, how, what can I do on my paper to make it a little bit better? Or is this, is this what you want to see on a test? Anyway, is that... That first semester of, that, of my last year in college, uh, I was making really all A's, and it was awesome. And then my last semester, I found out that I was going to have to take 18 hours. And I had taken 18 hours before, but they were just some easy classes. And I had some harder classes in the uh, – I was in Christian studies. And uh, it was supposedly uh, – I was going to be taking one of the hardest classes in that semester, and I was going to be taking 18 hours, and I was like, I can't do this. I don't know how I'm ever going to do this, and I call my parents, and I'm calling my mom. Hey, mom, I'm taking 18 hours this semester. I really don't think I can do it, and, and she was like, Yo, oh, you're going to do it. You're going to finish. I'm, I don't know if I don't know if y'all have any kids or anything, but they might have called and be like, hey, I think I might be a semester late, and anyways, they were like, you're going to do it, and you know, they, they said, you know, we're going to be praying for you, and we know that you can do it, Kevin. We know that um, God's going to work in your life, and he's going to do these amazing things through you. And uh, that motivated me, but I still didn't really want to do it. I still didn't. And I just had to get on my knees and pray. And I had I had been, like, uh, it was pretty hard for me because I wanted to do better. And um, it started leading me into action. And like I was saying, that last semester when I had supposedly the hardest class in there, I was, I was studying, I was doing all these things. I was getting it right, and I was making great grades on the test. That prayer led me to action. Three years it took me to get to this point. And now I was doing what I needed to do and doing it better than I ever had because that prayer led me to action. And I want to tell you that that class that was supposedly the, the hardest out of all in the Christian Studies program I made the best grade out of the whole class. So it just goes to show you that um, praying, and when that prayer leads you to action, you can do awesome, amazing things. And I'm a full believer of that. And that's why I wanted to tell you that story. Um, so, and it's not just me that I'm just saying, prayer leads us to action. That's not just for me. We see that Jesus did that as well. And I wanna, i don't, you don't have to look this up. You can write them down if you want. I don't have them on the screen or anything, but uh, we see Jesus praying in a lot of different ways before he did stuff, okay? So in Matthew 14, 23, it says, before walking on water. In Luke 6, 12 through 13, it says, praying all night before choosing his disciples. Luke 11, 1, before teaching his disciples the Lord's Prayer. So You see how it says before he did something? John eleven forty one 41 through 42, before raising Lazarus from the dead, John 17, 1 through 26, prayed for himself, his disciples, and his believers uh, before he headed to, uh, I can never say this, me, yeah, there we go. And then, so he, they were saying, they were, he prayed before he did things. So we see Jesus doing this as well. We see Jesus doing that. He's our ultimate example, right, of how we live our lives and how we do things. But also, there's somebody that we're going to look at Um, that we see this in scripture as well today, is Peter. We've been talking a little bit about him, but if you want to turn there, uh, it's going to be in Acts 2, 14 through 41. I think it's going to be on the screen as well. But in Acts 14, that's where I want to get started. So when we're looking at this uh, in Acts 14, we see Peter step up and he starts talking to the crowd boldly. And I don't know if you see this or you uh, don't see it, but it says that the leaven stood up as well. The leaven stood up as well with him. How did they get this type of confidence? Because if we look um, with their time with, uh, well, we know that Peter, liked to he liked to speak out, but he was, he was doing it in a different way. But the disciples stood up as well. How did they get this confident to do this? Because we see what, they were always scared in there going to Jesus, like, how do we do this? What do we, what do, we do? And Jesus promised them before his ascension that, we were going to get the Holy Spirit. And they prayed during this time. They prayed, they prayed, and they prayed. And the Holy Spirit empowered them to be bold and share the word of God boldly. And we see Peter and his disciples knew. They're, they're different. There's something different about them. And uh, they weren't scared. They were doing this uh, without any fear. So Peter and his disciples addressed the crowd at Pentecost and I don't know if y'all know what Pentecost is I'm not going to explain everything's every single thing about it but it was a celebration it was a celebration to uh, relate it to our time it was uh like Mardi Gras or Coachella I don't know if they I don't know if y'all know what Coachella is but anyways it was a time like it was a time where people like partied and they did a lot of fun stuff fun stuff and uh Anyways, it, was, it wasn't it was anything that was for God. It was, A lot of it was against God. But so Peter and his disciples were proclaiming God's word pretty much at a party, at somewhere where there wasn't God. And they were showing God there to them at that time. So in verse 15, if you're following along with me, this is why Peter tells the crowd that these people aren't drunk, because they were at uh, a party. They were at a place of, you know, at Pentecost where they had it, and it. He said it was only 9 a.m., so they weren't drunk, and uh, I don't think I've ever seen uh, a group of people at 9 a.m. that were drunk. So it it was pretty absurd, and that's why he was telling them that because the Holy Spirit had come upon them, and uh, everybody that was that spoke a different language, they were able to understand each other, and they were like, "What is going on with this? I don't, I don't understand this," and these people didn't understand, but. Peter was telling them what was happening, because like we pray every day, 431, the Spirit was in them. Spirit filled them, and they were able to speak the word of God boldly. So this guy, Peter, he starts explaining what's happening with the Holy Spirit. And in verse 16 through 21, Peter expl- Peter begins this explanation by going back to the Old Testament and uh, explaining... Who Joel was. And Joel had some street cred with uh, the Jews because they had to know this scripture. They had to, they read it, they knew it. And it really related to them when they started talking about Joel and his prophecy of the Holy Spirit. He was explaining what was happening, but it was cool because this happened like a long time ago and it's just now coming into fruition. Everybody's seeing it and everybody was like kind of knows a little bit about it, but not really. They don't really know what's happening. And Joel was talking about how the Spirit would come down on all people that uh, called out to the Lord that were saved. So the people that were saved would get the Spirit. And in verse 22 through 24, um, I'll read this. Let me get there. Acts 2, 22 through 24. It says, Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him. Just as you know yourselves, though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by death. That's the gospel right there. But he wanted them to feel a little bad about it too. He was telling them that you people put Jesus on the cross. And I don't know if we realize it, but we kind of do as well. We kind of have a little bit of part of that because we're sinners, aren't we? And we know that when Jesus got up on the cross, that he took on all of our sin. The people that were then were then. And like in the future as well, so us, that includes us. So that, that hit them pretty hard, you know. When you killed the king of the world, the king of everything, our savior, hit them pretty hard. So put in short, he was sharing the gospel with them in that passage. Verse 25 through 36. In these verses, uh, Peter talks about the Old Testament again. And for a great reason, because he wanted that people to understand that this was happening right now. So he mentions the prophecy that David was talking about, the Holy Spirit. Um, in verse 29 uh, through 35, he finishes ending with the gospel and where Jesus was resurrected and how. In verse 32, God had raised this Jesus, and we are all witnesses of his. Of this, this is what he said, verse thirty-three. Peter mentions how Jesus is at the right hand of God, and how Jesus received the promise from the Father of the Holy Spirit. He poured out what you both see and hear. So he was exp- he was basically explaining to them what was going on. And in verse thirty-six, Peter tells the crowd that with certainty, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified both Lord and Savior. So something that we need to realize, something that we might forget, is that the Holy Spirit empowers us to do great things, just like Peter and the disciples were doing. It empowered Peter. It gave him courage, and it gave the eleven courage as well. And these guys, up to a point, like I was talking about, weren't usually thought of is just the, I mean, they didn't have a lot of backbone sometimes. They were always, you know, they talked about how they were scared and how they didn't want to do things. But now they're standing up here doing this, proclaiming uh, God's word at Pentecost at a pretty much a party. But Peter prayed, and the disciples prayed, and they were prepared. They were prepared through prayer. And the Holy Spirit was on him. And it empowered him and encouraged all of them with confidence. And it gave him the ability to speak what needed to be spoken. And the Holy Spirit, wherever, you know, we don't really know this, we weren't there, but I'm assuming that he was a little bit scared. I'm assuming that he was a little bit. But where he couldn't do it, the Holy Spirit, God, he, the Holy Spirit interceded and was able to speak the words that needed to be spoken at this time. Okay? Uh, and something that I want to mention is that we don't really think about this a lot because we read it and we see it's the Bible. It's, it's the holy book, right? But the people that were doing this, it was just their daily life. And I want us to think about some of the things that we do in our daily lives, where, like, I was, like we we're talking about, that prayer leads us to action. We need to be, like, we, like we're like we praying at 431, we need to be praying, and we need to be looking at things in, in our lives, in our daily lives, and seeing how we can take that prayer into action as well, and speak the Word of God boldly, because we can. We have the Holy Spirit. So in verse 37 through 40, it's a call to repentance. So after Peter prayed, he took action, and was empowered by the Holy Spirit, and that showed And the opportunity to his daily life as a Christian that he could share with these people that were at Pentecost. And when he was talking to them and sharing the gospel with them, 3,000 people were convicted. And they gave their life to Christ. The church, this is the first church. The church went from a few to 3,000 in one day because he took that prayer, they took that prayer and put it into action. And the people at Pentecost gave their life to Christ. And something that I want to stand out right here with is God meets people where they are. These people were at Pentecost at a party. They, have you I mean, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand, but if you've ever been when in your younger days, have you if you've ever been at a place that wasn't necessarily it wasn't of God, can you imagine getting saved there or somebody getting saved there? This is like what is happening. So God meets people where they are. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter how much money they have or how much money they don't have or if they're drunk or if they're not. God meets people where they are. Where were you when God met with you? Just think about that. Where were you when God met with you? And I'm not talking about when you were saved when you are seven years old. And I'm not saying that that is a... Uh, It's not insignificant because I was saved when I was seven years old. But it wasn't my own faith yet. I did give my life to Christ, and I understood it. And when I was saved at seven years old, I wanted to tell people about God then. And I I did. And, I I mean, I didn't do it uh, that well, but um, I wanted to tell people about him. And, obviously, if y'all know me at all, if y'all heard anything I talk about, I, I wasn't the best kid growing up. I actually was probably one of the worst kids growing up. Uh, and, but God stayed faithful with me that whole walk. And when he really met with me, when God met with me and I made my faith my own, I didn't have to rely on my youth pastor. I didn't have to rely on my family. I didn't have to rely on people in the church anymore. I mean, I still did and we still need to do that, but my faith was my own my senior year in high school. And uh, God met me in a, a field out in the country. That's where he really met me. I I was uh, going through some things in my life and I didn't really uh, understand them. I was doing some bad things and uh, I was surrounding myself with people that I didn't, didn't need to be around and I was doing some things that wasn't glorifying God and I was just like, God, I hate where I'm at. I hate what I'm doing to you. I hate that I'm doing all this and hurting the people in my family and just, you know, I don't like where I'm at. And I prayed with God right there. I was building fence at the time, actually. So That just shows that I'm a country bumpkin, actually, if I don't look like it. But my dad was down the row, and I was there by myself, and I was praying. And I remember I got on my knees, and I was crying because I hated what I had been doing. And I felt so convicted about it. And that was when God, he met me right there. And I was, I was praying to him. I was like, God, I hate what I'm doing. Please, you know, forgive me of all my sins. And when you're a senior, you're thinking about what you're going to do with the rest of your life, right? And I was like, God, I kind of have an idea what I want to do, but it's just what I want to do. What do you want me to do? What's my purpose? And uh, I know that we've, Lyndall's probably mentioned it, but sometimes when we pray, it takes years. Sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it takes minutes. But when I pray to him, and this, this is kind of a cool thing that God did in my life, is that he actually answered me within a few seconds of what he wanted me to do. And the funny thing is, I've never even thought about this in all my life, but he said I was going to do ministry. And I knew as soon as that he told me that, as soon as he communicated that with me, that I was going to do ministry. And specifically, he told me youth ministry because I'm a dummy. And uh, I, like to do, I like to do fun stuff like that. But um, that's what he told me. And I never even thought about it before. Isn't that crazy? I never even thought about that before, but I felt peace about that. And he's, he's definitely confirmed that a lot when I've had doubts that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But it was just cool how he did that and did that for my life. But it was it didn't stop there. I prayed, and that prayer led to action. And that's why I'm standing here today as well, is because that prayer didn't just stop there. It led me to action. So where were you when God met with you. When you really made your faith your own, think about that. Where is that? When you prayed, you probably prayed a prayer, but where did that prayer, where is it leading you right now from the time that God really met with you? When God met with you, you truly made your faith your own, and you said, I'm going to do it God's way, not your own, and it became clear to you. I want to go back to verse 41 it became clear to these 3,000 people as well that that's what they were going to do. It said in verse 41 that they repented, they were baptized, and they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. God met with these people in a crazy way, in an unexpected way, in an unexpected place. And they gave their life to Christ that day, and it said that they devoted their life to prayer. And I know that that prayer led them to action. Like it said in Acts 4.31, right? It said how they prayed. The spirit They were filled with the Spirit. And it, uh, it was shaken. And then uh, they were able to speak the Word of God boldly. But you will be saying, well, how do you know that they took action? Okay. Well, I'm going to explain it right here. Because of Peter praying... Because of the disciples praying, because of these new believers praying, giving their life to Christ, and uh, doing these things that God wanted them to do, they they took action. The 3,000 that prayed, they gave their life to Christ. That prayer led them to action, and they all took action in obedience to the Lord. And because of their action of obedience, we are sitting here today. And you might be like, okay, I don't really understand that. But go to Acts 1-8 with me. Acts 1-8. This is what Acts 1-8 says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when this was spoken, and when those people gave their lives of Christ, we were the ends of the earth. And now we're sitting here today and we know Christ. So where is our ends of the earth? Where is where is that in our daily lives that we can speak the word of, be filled with the spirit and speak the word of God boldly? I think that's so cool that these people took, they prayed and they took action in their lives. And that we know because they shared the word of God boldly. So, Like Peter, the disciples, and the rest of the believers, the church, when prayer leads us to action, we need to act in obedience. Because we can get it, we can, the Holy Spirit can tell us to do a lot of things, and we can, he can give us opportunities, but we need to be obedient to that. And we need to be in prayer with God, because we know what, we know what his voice sounds like a little bit better if we're talking to him. When you call somebody on the phone, and you don't really know them, I mean, it's a different conversation than when you call your, your wife or your husband or some kids on the phone, because you know them, you have a relationship with them. You have to have that relationship to kind of know what they're talking about. So we have to pray with God to know what he's saying and how to be obedient to him. So when prayer leads us to action, we need to act in obedience. So how can we live out this text, though? How can we live this out? We see what the text says, but how do we live this out? My actions must be driven by humility. So in Acts 2, Peter was driven by humility. We see that. But how do we know that he was driven by humility? At first he wasn't. okay? At first he wasn't. And let's look at verse or sorry Matthew 26, turn with me if, uh, if you have your Bible, Matthew 26, and it's up here on the screen, 33 through35. So let's turn to that. And I want to let y'all know something. I guess it was my finger got caught up or something, but it on your um, bulletin, it says Matthew, on the second one, it says Matthew 27. They're both Matthew 26. So if you're looking through for Matthew 27, 69 through 75, you're going to be looking at it forever. So you're not going to find it. Um, it's ver- it's uh, Matthew 26. So this is what 33 through 35 says. Peter told him, he's talking to Jesus, Even if everyone falls away because of you, I will never fall away. And this is what Jesus said. He probably gave him a little sarcasm with this. I don't know. He was kind of funny as well. Uh, Truly I tell you, Jesus said to him, tonight before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Even if... If I have to die with you, Peter told him, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Well, what do we know about Peter? Did he deny him? He did, right? Let's look at that. It's in uh, Matthew 26, 69 through 75. Peter denies his Lord. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl approached him and said, You were with Jesus the Galilean, too. But he denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. When we had gone out onto the gateway, another woman saw him and told him, those those who were there, this man was with Jesus the Nazarene. And again, he denied it with an oath. I don't know that man. After a little while, Those standing were approached and said to Peter, you really are the one since you have your accent and it gives it away. Then he started to curse and swear with an oath. I don't know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the words that Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and he wept. Bitterly. I think I would too if I did that as well. If I was just arrogant about what I was saying, and you know, I'm going to do this for you, God. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do these things. And yeah, it's good to do good things, but you know what's better? It's to do things that are in line with God's will and what He wants you to say and what the Holy Spirit's leading you and guiding you to do. But now, Peter, he's been humbled. He's living his life in humility now. And thats it's cool to see that, how he's changed, how, yeah, he, he did have a mouth on him. And I know that every now and then we get a mouth and we like to say stuff. But sometimes we need to think about, what's God trying to tell me right here? So now we see Peter in Acts 2 uh, described there. He, he's acting differently. He's speaking differently. Somebody that just denied their Christ not very long ago. how would would he get up here now and be proclaiming his word? It's because the Spirit empowered him. It helped him. I mean, he probably remembered, but it kind of eased his mind a little bit about denying his Lord and Savior. So now he's driven by humility. He has been humbled. And his actions were driven by humility in Acts 2 and in God's will as well. So not only humility, but my actions must be drenched in prayer, okay? So they had spent time praying and waiting for the Spirit, and they had been told by God they were to be witnesses, the what, but they had been praying for the how. So after Jesus' resurrection, he was on earth for 40 days. Okay? And it says, after the ascension, the disciples and other people they were, they were, uh, that they were with went where they were staying and prayed. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And it says that they were united in prayer. And I'm sure they, you know, they did other stuff, but I'm sure that they kept praying. And that was actually a period of 10 days. This is what I found, is that Jesus was on the earth for 40 days, and then when he ascended, there was a time of 10 days before Pentecost, before the Holy Spirit had been poured out on them. And they'd been praying and praying and praying. Okay? And now, they're taking action. So our actions need to be drenched in prayer before we even take a step. We need to make sure that we're prayed up. We need to make sure that we're in line with God's will and not our own. We need to make sure that our heart is in line with God's will and not our own. That we need to be drenched in prayer. Uh, We need to be humbled. We need to be drenched in prayer. And like we've been talking about, it might take minutes. It might take months. It might take years. And also, we need to be directed by God. We need to be directed by God. I'm going to read Acts 1-8 again says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We think about what these believers did. We think about what the disciples did and Peter did, and we see that it was awesome. We're like, how could I ever do that? How could I ever do what they did? And you know, I'm When we are in God's will, it might look a little bit different for everybody. Everybody's life is different, right? We all have different gifts and abilities, and that's okay. That's why we're a church. That's why we come and do things together so that we can help each other in the things that we're not good at. But we always tend to look at or we think about Peter's after before we think about his before. And that's the case in a lot of things. On social media, somebody might post a picture or something about how good they look now, and we just see that. And, and, you know, I'm not put there before, but we're like, they're here now. And they, or we see that people have done some amazing things, and they've, you know, built up money, which money really doesn't mean anything. But we see that all they've done, we just look at their after, and we don't think about their before. Peter, he wasn't, I mean, yeah, he was a loudmouth and stuff, but that was before the Spirit was on him. And now the Spirit is filled with him and all the believers, and they were able to speak the Word of God boldly. And they were humble because of the things that had happened in their life. Peter, he denied Christ. And he'd been humbled by that. I think it would humble anybody. And now he's speaking the word of God boldly. So think about the before before you think about the after. Because we can get there. We can get there. We just have to to pray and then take that action. So remember this as well. Don't try to do things for God. Do things with God. Peter, with Jesus, was always trying to do things for God. He was always like, he was always the first one to say, I'm going to do it this way. And he was telling Jesus. Even to the point, Jesus told him one time, get behind me, Satan you do not have in mind the things of God. And now we see Peter doing things with God. And God uses him in a powerful way. And he can use all of us in a powerful way when we're in God's will and we're praying and we're seeing, you know, I want to be in God's will. I want to know how that I can do this, how I can be a part of God's story, how I can help God. Because God doesn't need help. Let's be real. He doesn't need help, but he wants to be a part of it. He wants us to be a part of it. And sometimes there's things that we don't see that are ha- There's a lot of things that we don't see that are happening in each and every single one of our lives. And sometimes God rips a page out and he's like, here, I want you to help me with this. I want you to help me in uh, advance the kingdom of God. But I think uh, Lyndall talked about it a couple weeks ago. But we went to Windshape, the host rally. And uh, it was me, Lyndall, and Brittany, and um, Jenny, Jenny Kettle. And we were, we were going over there. And I'm sure you all heard about when we were trying to get back home, um, we couldn't go back home that day. So we had to wait another day. And then when we got up, it seemed like we, we might not even make it because there was a lot of snow, and uh, we didn't think we were going to make it back. Anyways, we were trying to get everything lined up with the hotel, and they didn't really know what was going on, and we were just kind of like, oh, what's going to happen? Are we going to make it home? Anyways, uh, we get a cab, and we're driving to the airport, and I want to remind y'all of Acts 4.31, how we've all been praying at that same time. I know it might sound repetitive, but I think it's so powerful. I can see what it's doing, how people's stories, and this is one of the stories I want to share with y'all, is that we were in the cab, and I was, I was thinking about that. About uh, There was this, our driver, his name was Delano, and he was from the Bahamas, but he lived in uh, Atlanta now. So he moved there, and I, we were talking with him. We were getting to know him, me and Jenny and uh, Stephanie, the um, children's minister from Greenwood. Uh, we, were all ta- we were talking with him, and we were getting to know him, getting to know about his family and his kids and what they like to do and what Atlanta's like. And it just dawned upon me, like, we're praying that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we need to speak the Word of God boldly. And it, the Holy Spirit gave me an opportunity to speak with Delano, and start asking him some spiritual things, like, you know, uh, what do you know, Jesus? Like, who do you think Jesus is? You know, just it kind of got we directed it that way. It wasn't just like, oh, do you know Jesus? But we we started directing that conversation towards that about spiritual things. Anyways, we we were trying to we were trying to get on the airplane, but I knew this was important to talk with him about this and pray with him about it. And I got to pray with him. And I got to, you know, I I might have not um straight up led him to Christ, but sometimes we don't get that opportunity. Sometimes we just have to be that first person that mentions something to him. And that's okay. If I can do that, I know that y'all can as well, because I'm nothing special. But the Holy Spirit empowered me to speak the word of God boldly in my everyday life, just like Peter. Let's look for those opportunities as we go out for this week and for the rest of our lives. Sound good? Good. Let's pray. God, I just want to thank you so much for this opportunity to be filled with the Spirit and speak your word boldly. Gotta just pray as we finish out the rest of this uh, series that it changes people's lives because uh, your word has been changing my life as well. I just can't thank you enough for the God that you are, that you let us talk with you each and every single day. That's so cool to me, is that we can just pray to you and know that you love us, know that you care about us, know that. You know everything about us. We're fully known and we're fully loved by you, God. Thank you for your word today. I just pray that uh, it is a living and moving word and that we can go out and take our prayer that we're praying all the time and we're able to take that and, and lead us to action, God. So just thank you for this morning that we can all worship together. Thank you for the people that are here. We love them, God. And we love you. Thank you for all the things you do and all things you will do. Just name I pray. Amen.